Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Ion Travel with Peter Greenberg, that's me, ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Graduation is a sweet occasion, but finding the perfect gift can be a bitter struggle. MMS.com has a solution. Personalized M&Ms. Just imagine the look on your grad's face when they receive a custom candy creation featuring their school's colors, name, and even their photo printed right on some M&Ms. It's a thoughtful way to celebrate their accomplishments and make the occasion even more special. Visit MMS.com to create your own personalized gifts and party favors for graduations, weddings, birthdays, and more. That's MMS.com. Use code WONDERY to receive 15% off your next order. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. This episode of Travel Today with Peter Greenberg is brought to you by Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio information and entertainment. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Sign up today at www.audiblepodcast.com slash travel today to get a free audiobook and 30-day trial. It's time for Peter Greenberg Worldwide with America's number one travel news journalist.
And now, the man who travels over 400,000 miles each year, your travel detective, Peter Greenberg. Hi everybody, Peter Greenberg here and welcome to the podcast that's done from a different location around the world every single week. One day Canada, the next day Thailand, then New York, London, you just never know. This week we come to you from Avalon on Catalina Island off the coast of California from the Inn at Mount Ada. Taking your calls at 888-887-3837, that's 888-88-PETER. And if you can't get through on the phones, you know the drill. You email me to peter at petergreenberg.com with your name, phone number, question or problem, we'll solve it right here on the air. Now, I called it the Inn at Mount Ada, but it, it's a lot more than that. It's the former Wrigley Mansion. Most people don't realize the, the, the impact of the Wrigley family on this island. Uh, and uh, this is where they hung. And we'll be talking about that a little bit later in the show. And for, for those of you, of course, who remember that famous song, 26 Miles Across the Sea, guess what? It uh, depends on where you're coming from. It's, it's not uh, 26 miles across the sea. It could be 22 miles across the sea if you're coming, let's say, from Newport Beach. It can be 42 miles across the sea if you're coming from Marina Del Rey, California. But uh, let me tell you how I came across the sea today. The only way to fly, on a helicopter, 15 minutes right from Long Beach on Island Express uh, in their A-Star. And what a day it was today, let me tell you. You're only at 500 feet. You never get higher than 1,500 feet on that trip. And within four minutes of leaving Long Beach, we were whale spotting. I mean, what a day. And then landing right here in Avalon and four minutes away, you're, you're at the end. So uh, amazing. And uh, so much history here. When you think about it, though, it's a very small island in terms of population, only about 3,500 people, and that population hasn't really changed since I've been coming here. I've been coming here since 1975. I mentioned my mom. My mom came over here in the, in the late 30s and early 40s to sing in the famous Avalon Casino. Now, for those of you who think casino means gambling, no, it never was, but it's an amazing ballroom, an amazing auditorium, an amazing organ in there, by the way. Uh, and she sang with the, you know, the Benny Goodman band and the Perry Como band, uh, but all the other bands were playing here then too. And uh, even to this day, even to this day, on the weekends they use the casino as a movie theater, and what a great movie theater it is. For another reason, I mentioned that organ. The locals know they don't care what the movie is; they go to hear the organ player, and he plays usually. Uh, for about 45 minutes before the first movie theater, before the movie showing. And then the movie's incidental. But I'm telling you, you got to go. Um, the thing about Catalina that's great is the smart travelers come here during the week, not on the weekends. That's, what, that's when everybody knows they can, they can just have the island the way it's supposed to be. And, by the way, you don't get to see all the island. No, not even close, because most of the island is run by the Conservancy, and it's off limits. Uh, there are tours, but but highly restricted. You're not going to go any off. You're not doing any off-roading over here, but you're going to see some amazing scenery. And if you get all the way up to the airport, and I, I suggest you drive to the airport once you're here, unless you're a very bold pilot. That airport runway is wild. It's about 3,000 feet long, and at 3,001 feet, you're airborne whether you want to be or not, if you know what I mean. But the cool thing about that airport is they have a little luncheon place up there where they make cookies every morning, and they, and they serve bison burgers. How'd that happen? Well, legend has it, and part of this legend is true, that way back when, when they were doing the original westerns, they did a Zane Grey western here, 
and they brought over bison. Not that many. Well, when they finished the movie, they left the bison. The bison multiplied. And they're out there among many other interesting animals. And, and what a great place to go hiking. What a great place to go biking. Uh, there's some, you can do a little bit of um, little Jeep tours. But uh, the cool thing is uh, there are different parts of the island you can access also by boat. Uh, and uh, and great fishing here, too. If you look at the history of this island, it's interesting to see who visited the island. You know, we're talking about Obama now going to Cuba, the first president since Calvin Coolidge. Well, guess what? I think Coolidge was here. Um, and so was Richard Nixon. So was, how about this one, Winston Churchill. He caught a huge marlin. There's a great photograph of him. Nixon came over here. Well, he was living in San Clemente. I mean, at the Western White House, he was basically spitting distance Nixon used Marine One and helicoptered over here with no notice at all back in 1971 with Trisha and his male friend, B.B. Rebozo. There's some gossip for you. And um, I'm not going to go beyond that. Just think B.B. Rebozo. That means to bozo again. That's all. But anyway, um, and landed, was here for a couple of hours. And uh, it was just cool because he came almost unannounced. They had like no notice. That's the way true presidential visits should happen. Just show up. Uh, but anyway, so much great history here because, the, I mean, look, John Wayne was over here all the time uh, with his with his boat. His boat was an, was a wooden boat because it was a converted Navy minesweeper. And you had to be wood to be a minesweeper because if you were metal, you'd get blown up by the mines. And what was the name of his boat? The Wild Goose. And guess what? It's still around. You can still find it. It goes between Newport and San Diego. It's still there. They cut one of the decks off of it, but it's still there, still wood, still floating. A lot of great history there. Of course, all the movie stars came over on their boats. The most notorious, of course, was the Natalie Wood situation uh, when she was over here with, um, with her, her then-husband, and uh, she drowned. They, they found her body washed up on shore. That investigation, by the way, about every five years gets reopened and then gets closed again because... I don't think they're ever going to figure out what happened that night, but it was pretty wild. Uh, so you've got so much great history here, so much great romance. And when you walk in the casino, you get to relive all of that. They do tours all the time. It's a lot of fun. And uh, 88%, think about this, 88%, I said before, of the entire island is protected by the Conservancy. And that includes, by the way, 62 miles of unspoiled beaches and secluded coves. I've taken my boat over here. It's just amazing. But remember, I'm a New Yorker. I can't believe how cold the water is here. So even in August, if you're going to jump in, you'll survive. But most of the time, you're wearing a wetsuit. But it's great swimming, great fishing. And what they do in the harbor here is even better. They make sure the water stays clean. Any visiting boater knows that story. Uh, they, dump the, they dump these dye tablets in your holding tanks, and you're not allowed to flush anything over the, over the side of the boat. These are neon dye tablets. And if you do... Your boat lights up like New Year's Eve, and you're banned from the harbor. So uh, there you go. Toto, I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore.
And joining me now is the the camping queen. How about can I? That's can, it. Can I do it? Yes, I have a tiara. Oh, well, I wish you wouldn't have said that. Okay, <laughs> Janet Flathers, you've camped the whole island, haven't you? And you've you've hiked it. Absolutely. Are we, right, thirty-seven miles of trails. Thirty-seven point two miles. Yeah, oh, but who's counting? I know. Yeah, but I mean that's you, that's going to take you a while. We have people that do it in two or three days, and we have others that do it in four to five days. And then you haven't found the rest of the bodies. Not yet. Okay, good. But it's doable. It's manageable. Absolutely. We have people ranging from Boy Scouts all the way up to senior citizens doing it. And you also have campgrounds. We do. We have five separate campgrounds. Now, for people who want to come over here for a day trip, you could do some of those trails for the day. You're not going to be do- you can't do it all. You can do, we have a 10-mile loop that leaves from Avalon, and it goes around through the summit area and back down into Avalon. So... Based on your level of honesty with yourself about your own physical ability, what do you recommend? Ten miles is easy. Oh, easy for you to say. Come on. Ten miles would be easy if you're here. Okay. Will you see, will you see bison? No, not in, the, not, not, not in this trail. Not in this trail? No. You have to go on another trail? Yes. And what's that trail called? You can go up to the airport. And I was talking about the airport. Yeah, it's right. very, very cool. You yeah. can see, possibly see buffalo on the way to the airport. Now, is it buffalo or bison? It's bison. Okay, just double check it. Buffalo is a water buffalo. Yeah, and you don't have water buffalo. We don't have water buffalo. You have bison. We have bison. Now, if you're a kayaker, you got it's the whole island. You can, you can do the whole entire island in about two or three days. So you, you bring your gear with you? You do. And, but there are designated spots where you can go ashore? Yes. And you've mapped that out, of course. Yes. What, peop- what should people not bring here? I mean, they can't rent a car and drive the island. They can't, they can't four-wheel drive it. You know, they, they, there are no ATVs available to anybody. To, to, like they're doing dune bashing in the desert. They don't do that. Right. Right? I mean, what, what's the biggest mistake people make when they come out here to camp, when they come out here to oh, hike? When they come out here to hike, I would say they don't bring enough water. And Hydra- they, hydration, okay. They don't bring the right shoes and socks. Okay. I have a, a friend that came over and did it in flip-flops. No, you don't do that in flip-flops. And they had blisters on top of blisters on top of blisters. Right. So good socks and shoes is the way to go. Mosquitoes? No mosquitoes. Nothing on the island? No. That's cool. Because we don't have water. Explain the water situation. So we are in a drought, and we are all, if you live here, you're given an amount of water you can have per day, and that's for everything, including... Laundry, uh, baths, uh, you know, everything that, washing dishes. So we don't wash our cars, we don't have lawns, and we're frugal with our water. Well, not only do you not wash your cars, there's a waiting list to get a car. That's true. We don't have a car, so I, I can't wash my car here. Right. There's a waiting list, right? <laughs> yes, there is. It's about 20 years. To get a car? Yes. <laughs> you don't need a car, do you? I live a whole mile out of town. A whole mile. I drive a scooter. Okay. So. But when you talk about the water situation and the drought, I would, I would presume there's some desalination going on. There is a desal plant here that's working every day. Has to. Yeah, it has to. Exactly, because you're not piping water 26 miles. No. Exactly. Have you ever run out of water? Not yet. That's a good answer. That is. That's a good answer. Is there a season to camp and a season not to camp? Is there a season to hike and not to hike here? Most of our campers that are doing the Trans-Catalina Trail do it uh, spring and fall. Summertime's just really hot. 
there's not a lot of shade on the trail, so it's, it just becomes very hot. But people are doing it still every day. The island is full of people right now doing the trail. Wow. And, and, and on the trail, what's the most surprising thing you're going to see? I would say a buffalo for sure. That would be a surprise. because The, the bison, you mean? I mean the bison, yes. So you have to correct and, you there. And a rattlesnake. Oh, you let, oh that would why, be, why not bury the lead? A rattlesnake? That would be a surprise. But they're here. Yes. Especially in the summer months. Riding along in my automobile My baby beside me at the wheel Cruising and playing the radio With no particular place to go My next guest, in the interest of full disclosure, goes back a long time with me uh, because I've been coming to the Inn of Mount Ada and to Catalina Island for over 40 years. And uh, since 2002, she's, uh, well, we'll just call you the resident historian of this joint because before this was the Inn on Mount Ada, it was... The Wrigley Home. For the, fa- for the Wrigley family that bought this island back in 1919. Correct. But before that, who owned this island? Actually, they uh, bought it from the Banning Brothers, Phineas Banning was um, the founder of L.A. Harbor, and his three sons bought the island back in the 1800s. And of course, we're talking to Michelle Bostidic, who used to know me when I used to come up here when I was just a child, right? You were just a baby. (laughs) (laughs) She's such a good liar, too. But it's amazing how they've been able to preserve at least just even this home as, as well. I love the fact that they've done this. The house for a while was was not being taken care of the way it is once again, and it's in beautiful condition, and it's just such a gracious home. And not to mention the views. The views are spectacular. That's why Mr. Wrigley built here. And yet, once that happened, he then attracted the Hollywood crowd. You had all the movie makers coming, the movie stars. Right. There were a lot of filming um, was done on the island. Wrigley was very receptive to that, very open to, um, to their being here, and made friends with them. Uh, Charlie Chaplin, in particular, but there were a number of people. Well, the original westerns, uh, Zane Gray westerns, were here. Zane Gray uh, was across the uh, canyon from Mr. Wrigley, wrote some of his books here, and also Tom Mix, the cowboy, has oh, yeah. a home here. And, of course, James Cagney, Marilyn Monroe, John Wayne used to bring his boat over. John Wayne the was wild fabulous. Goose. Yeah. <laughs> Laurel and Hardy. Yes, they were here a lot. Good Mar- golfers and fishermen. Really? Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw a picture of Winston Churchill. He was here. He was, and supposedly... He caught a marlin. He caught a marlin in 35 minutes, which is just unheard of. <laughs> he was actually after a tuna, but he caught a marlin. Well, he was, drink- he was drinking. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you ever want to have fun one night, go out and get a book about the wit and wisdom of Winston Churchill about all the things he used to say when he was drunk, <laughs> which are better than most people say when they're, say when they're sober. Uh, Errol Flynn. Yes. He liked it here a lot. Did a lot of his movies here because so many of them were pirate-type movies. Henry Fonda. Henry Fonda. He was actually here when World War II uh, broke out. He was stationed here. He was stationed here later, but he was making a movie here, and then they had to wrap up and leave, and then he came back and filmed here. Sure. And then, of course, most people just think about the notorious stuff like Natalie Wood. Yeah. What year was that? 
81? Oh gosh, I'm going to guess 81 or 82. Yeah. It was Thanksgiving weekend. And that and that case keeps getting reopened. It does. It just never seems to go away. Yeah. And I know the people at Two Harbors that had any connection to it as far as even being there are still called from international press. Right, but the accident happened at Two Harbors. It didn't happen here. It wasn't here in Avalon, no. Yeah. It was the opposite end of the island. What's changed about the island that you like, and what's changed about the island that you're a little concerned about? Well, I really think that we've, um, the company and people in town, once we became a conservancy, started to value the town a little bit more and put a little more effort into their businesses and their hotels, and we upgraded very nicely that way. And then the island company has taken some huge steps recently to add new buildings and services and activities. You know, later on the show, we'll be talking to the fire chief. In 1915, a huge fire broke out here. Yeah. In Avalon, half the buildings just burned right down. And most of them were the hotels, too. Yeah. Yeah, it really ruined the economy for the Bannings. That's why they put the uh, island on the market. And that's when Wrigley bought it. Exactly, with other investors. So it literally was a fire sale. Yeah, it was. (laughs) I mean, think right, it was. We've been talking to Michelle Bastidic, who's the resident historian here and an old buddy of mine. Uh, okay, now what's changed about the island that you're not so happy about? Oh, you know, I love kind of the off-season and what we call our secret summer. Um, we can get pretty busy, and when I was younger, of course, I absolutely loved it. It was great fun. Now that I'm not so young, um, I do like the quiet times, and I love the people that have the time to be here off-season and to enjoy what truly is Avalon. Well, I have to tell you that my next book that I'm working on right now is actually called The Off-Season. Oh, it's the Contrarian Traveler's Guide to Where to Go When Everybody Tells You Not To. Yeah. Because the off-season, when you think about it, is really a myth. I mean, it was it was started back in, in New York by escaped Garmentos back in whenever, <laughs> when they were freezing their you-know-whats off in February and said, let's go to the Caribbean. When, in fact, going to the Caribbean in June and July and August is just as nice. The, the thermometer might be maybe five or six degrees warmer, but the crowds aren't there. The, the the service is better, the deals are better, and you have a you have a better time. Yeah, you do. You really get to know the town and its people. I mean, much if I have better. a choice of coming to Catalina, I will tell you right now, which will come as no surprise to you, I want to come Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. No crowds. <laughs> exactly. Right? That's the best way to go. And you come at this time of the year, February, March, April, May, and then of course the magic month of September. That's what I call our secret summer. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah, water's yeah. beautiful. The beaches are empty. Um, you know, it's it's still summertime, but a lot of families um, don't come at that time because the kids are back in school. That makes a lot of difference. How long have they been playing the organ at the, at the casino? Well, since uh, <laughs> the, the casino opened in 1929, so back to 1929. Continuously? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're getting ready to do some things to it, um, but it's hard. I mean, that may be the only one that's in its original spot. It's a Page Theater organ. It's a big one. Yeah, it is. And it's still beautiful. It gets played every weekend and then during the summer every night. I know. That's, that's the only time you want to come here is when they're doing the movies and they're playing the organ. That's right. Right. That's <laughs> the cool. and, and would you agree that the locals actually go to listen to the organ? They don't even care what the movie is? They do. They love that. Um, in, in different ceremonies, it, it'll get played. Like the kids have their graduation in, in the casino theater. So it's played for that as too. Hello? 
this is your captain speaking. There is absolutely no cause for alarm. Get your motor running. Head out on the highway. Looking for adventure. Audible.com has more than 150,000 titles and virtually every genre. So check it out for yourself. Sign up today at www.audiblepodcast.com slash travel today to get a free audiobook and 30-day trial. You know, you always like to ask the locals. I got a tag team here. The first part of the tag team is, uh, is Sean McAlpin, who's uh, not just the regular bartender. No, no, no. He's the senior bartender at the... Uh, at the Avalon. At the Avalon Grill, correct. At the Avalon Grill. And coming up after this will be the fire chief. That's a nice little surprise. But uh, you came from Chicago. I did. I and, did. And you were freezing there. I was freezing there for sure. In fact, the weather is one of the reasons that kept me here. I'm 46 now, but I moved here six years ago. Came Mid- here midlife from, crisis? Uh, yeah, come came, on, come on. Kind of, sort of. I was heading in that direction. But coming here and reading the stories about how uh, Catalina Island put 10 years on the Catalina Cub baseball players, I'm a big Cubs fan, so over the years I'd read about Catalina and the Cubs and how they had their farm system here. You're such a Cubs fan, you gave up on Chicago. I, you know what? You this, did. this is kind of a Chicago island. There's several Oh, I know. Pe- the whole story here about this particular, where we are right now, the, mm-hmm. the Wrigley Mansion, Mr. Wrigley used to sit right out here on the deck, and he could see the ball field from here when they did their spring training. And the rumor has it, that if he didn't like what they were, and he had a phone installed in the dugout there, and a phone here, it was like an intercom phone. And if he didn't like how they were playing, he'd pick up the phone and say, "Hey, have the boys come up and see me." That meant they had to run all the way up the hill, right? <laughs> That's correct. He used to have a telescope right out here. He'd be able to watch yeah. the team. So basically, if the Cubs ever go to the World Series, come on, four to one this year just came out yesterday, I believe. Oh, you have money La- on this now. Uh, Las Vegas put him at the best. Chances to win the World Series. Well, every year they have the better chances because how many years have it been now? A hundred and what? It's been a hundred and six. Well, they went to nineteen oh eight. Nineteen oh eight. So it's hundred and eight. Hundred and eight. Oh my years. This is their year. But you know what? When you think about it, and look, I love the Cubs, but if you're na- if you're going to name a baseball team, right? The Tigers, the Rams, the Lions, the the Cubs. The Cubs. Come on. Interesting. I can tell you that when George Hallis named the Chicago Bears, he looked at the Cubs name and said, I want him to be stronger than the Cubs. So well, that he chose so the Bears. No, wasn't, no, it wasn't. All right. But the days of spring training for the Chicago Cubs here in Avalon, long since gone. 1950, yeah. last year. Yeah. So you came over here for what? I came over here to open the Avalon Grill. Coincidentally, in Chicago, I worked for Coach Mike Ditka for the last 15 years. And I got to meet an assortment of people, the Wrigley family being one of them. And that's when you started learning about Avalon. And that's when I started learning about Avalon. I grew up in Northern California. I grew up in San Jose, California. And uh, educated in Boston, found my way to Chicago. Became a Cubs fan, and now I'm living the ultimate dream. I lived across the street from Wrigley Field in Chicago. Now I'm living across the street from Wrigley Field. In Were you in one of those apartments? I was, you know, I was on Kenmore, two blocks down from one of those apartments. I, you know, that's such a great story. It's such a great American story because all those years people were just like hanging out in their apartments. And now they actually rent the seats out. Now they rent the seats they out. They rent the seats out. It's still a fire code violation, but it's still great. <laughs> they make a lot of money now doing that. They do. Yeah. All right. So here you are as the, excuse me, the senior bartender at the Avalon <laughs> Grill. Is there a special drink? You know, it, it, depending on the 
depending on the time of the season, we always have different drinks coming in and out. Mojitos in the summer, Manhattans in the winter. But throughout the year, we have uh, one special cocktail. It's the Wrigley Martini. Back in the <laughs> back in the th- yeah, with three or four of them, you actually think the Cubs are going to the World exactly. Series. Exactly, the three martini lunch came from this out of Chicago. But um, Mr. Wrigley used to drink drink a gin martini with three olives. So even he thought they were going to the World Series. Even he thought yeah. they were going to the World Series. Unbelievable. And they did in 1945. And and they didn't they didn't fare so well. So they haven't won since 1908. No, not since 1908. Wow. All right, so that's – but you do something else here. You do like a maple bacon Manhattan? There's another one that we started serving in the fall that's really got a, a great following. Um, we've been starting to infuse a lot of liquors, such as bourbon here. We've been um, – Well, boiled. bourbon's had a comeback. It has Huge, been. Huge, A big comeback, yeah. especially in the last 10 years. Yeah. So what we've done a little differently is we've taken the bourbon and we've infused, infused it with bacon. I put a little maple syrup on the rocks with a dash of a little orange bitters. And I'm telling you, it's the die for. It's excellent. You come wow. down tonight, I'll make you a couple for so sure. So basically, the three martinis make you think they're going to go to the World Series, but the maple <laughs> bacon Manhattan actually makes you think they won the World exactly. Series. Exactly. I just want to make sure we got that together. <laughs> it depends how many you have, but for sure. <laughs> If you are continuing on to another Southwest destination, please make sure that you check the monitors inside the terminal for your proper gate and flight information. If you are continuing on with another airline, we really don't care. I am a passenger. As you know, if you listen to this show on a regular basis, I always like to ask the locals, and one type of local in particular, because wherever I go, I always like to check in at one location, because the the men and women at that location are actually uh, the most apt to know everything about that location. Why? Because they've been in everybody's house, they've been in everybody's hotel, they've been in everybody's restaurant, they know where to go, they know where not to go. And the cool thing is, if you haven't answered that question by now, then you haven't been listening to the show, they're firefighters. And joining me now, the chief of the Avalon Fire Department, Mike Krug. How are you, Mike? Thank you very much. And Sorry. your radio just went yeah, off. Of course it did. Uh, emergency? Mer- you got an emergency today? We do, but the 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 guys will be well, uh, they'll handle it for sure. They'll be well staffed. They'll be well staffed. All right, so you're comfortable enough talking to me, even though the alarm just went off. That's that's true. See, Murphy, now, Murphy never sleeps. Murphy never sleeps. You've been here how many years? I've been on the island for 20 years. Wow. And before that, you were a fireman on the mainland? Uh, no, I, actually, uh, I came here, and I got hired with uh, L.A. County Fire, ah, which okay. also provides services for the interior of the island. So I worked for them uh, for about five years as a reserve for their department, and then I got hired full-time with the city of Avalon Fire Department. So the bottom line is you've seen the entire island. Uh, I, that I have. I'm Good, sure bad, that, and ugly. That's true. That's true. And you know, but people don't realize about an island like this, and I'm also a fireman in New York on an island where you have wood frame houses, you have wind, you have sometimes questionable water pressure. Fire is a huge, huge concern. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're, we're limited on resources on our best day. As you mentioned, water supply is always an issue. Uh, the weather can certainly dictate uh, how the fire is going to behave. And I'm sure as you've already seen and what you experience where you're at is that uh, the houses in a beach community are typically very close to each other and it causes exposure problems. And, but the good news for you is you know everybody here. Well, most everybody. We get a lot of visitors over millions. But I'm talking about the, but the regulars here, total population sure. is what? Come on. 
3,500. And that hasn't really changed. No, no. Right? I mean, it stayed pretty stable. Pretty stable, yeah. So you know the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker, and you're the fire guy. Uh Uh-huh. That's true. What's... I always have to ask you this because food and firefighting go together, <laughs> right? Where do you like to eat? Uh, what do I like to eat? I'm, where? 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 Yeah. Uh, Steve's Steakhouse is one of my favorites. I, I enjoy Steve's Steakhouse. Uh, now, is that the place that's owned by the Harbor Master's brother? It is. See, I it know is. these things. Look, I know you, these. And you've things. only been here a little while. No, I've been coming for years. I know who. I know where the bar- the bodies are buried, <laughs> right? But that's mm-hmm. that, that's a relatively new place. I uh, I. I couldn't tell you. I've been here as long as I can remember, but yeah. but well, then in Avalon, that's a new place. Okay, yeah, yeah, cool. And so, what do you order there? What steak? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely go with the steaks. And what about? Okay, I have to ask it. There's, there's junk food on this island, of course. And what's your favorite junk food place? Uh, Coney Island. Why? Uh, I like the uh, charbroiled chicken uh, <laughs> with fries. Is my favorite at Coney Island. <laughs> now. I thought you were going to give me a hard question about who cooks at the firehouse or something like that. Okay. Who cooks at the firehouse? Well, uh, they don't let me cook anymore. Since I promoted the fire chief position, uh, a lot of times they take the pans and stuff out of my hands, which they claim is a uh, privilege of rank. I think it's more because I'm famous for Burning recipes stuff. like no spam casserole, uh, breakfast for dinner. Uh, so You know what? Yeah, stay away. Yeah, they, yeah. That, everyone can't be good at everything. But what's the favorite recipe at the firehouse? I mean, if I were to show up tonight for dinner, what's on the menu? Uh, well, the crowd pleaser for me, the uh, the one that I get requests for is uh, when they when they let you when in. they let me yeah, cook yeah. is tuna muffins. Tuna muffins for lunch, and uh, but that's as, <laughs> that's about as good as I go. But we have tuna some really muffins. Good, you want to yeah. Explain what a tuna muffin. A tuna is? muffin is half of a, a um, half of a English muffin, little butter, uh, tuna, and then you put a slice of tomato, slice of purple onion, and melt cheese over that. And I have to give all the credit to my mother. My mother, that's my mom's recipe. Right. And then you call the paramedics. Oh, but wait a minute. You are the paramedics. That's right. Yeah. So you're right there. You got it covered. We're right there. We got it all One covered. One-stop shopping. Exactly. Heavy-duty calories, heavy-duty cholesterol, and then check in. Absolutely. Now, when you have an emergency here, like we do on our island, sometimes you got to do medevacs. Absolutely. We do them very frequently and here. And we, we land helicopters on our island all the time, and that's, that's our most frightening situation mm-hmm. because our landing zone is is actually smaller than yours. Wow. And, and, and you know, most medevacs don't happen at 2 in the afternoon. They happen at 2 in the morning. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're dealing with power lines and you're dealing with wind and weather. And what most people don't realize when you're doing those kind of deals is you can't evacuate the patient until you stabilize them. True. You can't Absolutely. put them in the, in the helicopter if you're losing them. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But the thing is, it's only a 15-minute ride. Mm-hmm. I Correct. mean, you get, you get back and forth, and they get here pretty fast. They do. They do. Golden hour. I'm sure you've heard that term. Tell me. The uh, golden hour is uh, from the time of the emergency or the beginning uh, to uh, the time that the patient is in the hospital. If we can keep that time frame to less than an hour is usually when we have positive outcomes. They got a fighting chance. Yeah, absolutely. Mike Krug, fire chief, keep them out of the kitchen, but don't keep them out of the dining room. <laughs> we have clearance, Clarence. Roger, Roger. What's our vector, Victor? Now our radio clearance over. That's clearance over. Over. Roger. Huh? My, my next guest, talk about a local. Oh, my God. <laughs> a fifth-generation local who is uh, 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 just her whole f- – I mean, you want to talk about Catalina, you just have to trace her family. They go back before the last century, before the century before that. And her name is – it's true, Natalie Foote. How are you? I'm great. How are you? You're the baby now. I am. How old are you now? I'm actually 25. 
Oh, excuse me. Fine. That's a baby. Trust me. But I mean, you were born here, raised here. Every one of your family members, right? Yes. I was technically born in Long Beach, but, you know, just because they can't deliver babies on the island anymore. Well, not not, the same day. Not intentionally, at least. Right. Right. My mother was born in Avalon. My grandmother and grandmother. And probably your grandmother, they had a midwife. Yeah. In those days, yeah. Yeah. It was very, very old school. Well, we know... A little bit about why people stay here. What keeps you here? Um, I just love the lifestyle that I'm able to to live on the island. I love being outdoors. I love the ocean. I love going out for all-day hikes. I love um, the small-town community feel. I have a lot of family here. I grew up here. It's very... Very tight knit community, and uh, you know everybody. It's a great feeling. You do. You know everybody pretty much, and everybody. you know the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker, the guy who runs the post office, the, <laughs> exactly. the grocer, right? Exactly. The, ba- the, the, the other baker, mm-hmm. ever, right? Yeah, it's like a village. It's like a yeah. I love it. It's a big and the, family, and there's a great sense of security there. There is, yeah. Now that you know, you say you love the open air, and that there's no gym on the island, is there? There is no gym. Now on think the about island. that. In, in the year <laughs> 2016, you have hotels, you have B and Bs, right? right? No gym. I know. Great business opportunity there. <laughs> or or there's a message there. There is a message there. Um, that is kind of my thing is I believe that nature is the best gym. You don't really need machines or any kind of confined space. I think that if you just get outside and, you know, get back to nature, you can have a fun time, an adventure, and you can get a great workout without even realizing that you're working out <laughs> and how often do you how many miles do you walk every day on average at least six um and that's just you know walking the, walking the dog if i'm going out for a hike i'll you know some days i go out and i'm gone for six hours you know putting in 15 20 miles just on my feet just to see the sunset or to go to my favorite you know set of pine trees on the west end or something fun. where is your set of favorite pine trees <laughs> um that would be out above parsons landing which is the second beach from the very west point of the island. And it is, it's beautiful out there. It's um, very secluded. You hardly see a single soul out there. And it's, it's and that's beautiful. Part, and that's the beauty of it. it. Yeah. It's very rugged, very rural, and uh, it's just gorgeous. You know, you, you talk about getting out into the open air. Mm-hmm. And I'm one of those people who believe, people always say to me, where's your favorite place in the world? And the metric that I use is my favorite place in the world is where I sleep the best. Yeah. Right? Sure. And so I have about 10 of those places. And you know what? One of them is here. Yeah. Uh, the Inn on Mount Ada, when I go to bed tonight, mm-hmm. I'm opening up all the windows. Yes. Because you just want that ocean air to come in and you're done. Yeah, there's nothing nothing right? like it. Mm-hmm. And, and people don't understand that. They, so my favorite, pl- without exception, my favorite places happen to be on the water. Duh. Yes. But they're also places where I sleep the best. Right? Right. I agree. And it's not about exercise. It's about just the total experience. Exactly. Yeah. I never, I mean, growing up, like me and my brother and my sister, we lived on a horse ranch in the middle of the island for 11 years. And uh, there weren't many other kids out there. So when we were, you know, riding horses or doing things around the yard to help out mom and dad, we were out on the trail and out exploring. It was exploring. It was just, you know, we'd go out all day and, you know, we'd find animals and we'd go to the beach and we'd just get lost, really. Do you still find new stuff? All the time. Like what? 
just a, you know, I'll start, I'll see a fox in the distance and I'll be like, where's that trail go? And, you know, I find this whole new canyon or a waterfall that I didn't even know existed. And just when I think I've covered every inch, I find something new or like this last summer with the El Nino, a lot of the sea kelp died off and it kind of revealed a whole new ocean floor. And so I found all these new sea caves that I could go you know, swim through and go exploring when I'd go out on my paddleboard or go for long swims. And What's your longest paddleboard ride? 22 miles across the sea. You did it? I'd done it seven times. Okay, let me just say that you are out of your mind. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I get that a lot. <laughs> By yourself? Um, it's actually, it's a race. It's yeah. uh, Is this stand-up paddleboarding? This is actually prone paddleboarding. It's uh, that's how I learned, by the way. Oh, great! On the old mahogany paddleboards yes. that weighed 140 pounds each. <laughs> right, they don't quite weigh that much anymore. Yeah. Um, they're about 17 pounds now, if you can believe it. Yeah. But um, yeah, they're fast, and we go across the channel. So you're every- lying on your stomach, just paddling. Just paddling, lying on your stomach, or you can hop up to your knees and use both arms at the same time, and that actually propels you a little bit quicker. Yeah, but it's, it's tougher. It's tougher. So it's nice to be able to switch back and forth, kind of use different muscle groups. All right. Get yourself there. You're begging the question now. You've done it how many times? Seven. Okay. How long did it take you? It takes me, on average, about five hours. It kind of depends. That's fast. <laughs> some of the guys, some of the guys that are like twice my size can do it in like, you know, four. But um, it just depends on the weather conditions. You know, some days we get lucky and it's nice and it's a flat crossing. Other days you feel like you're in a washing machine taking... One step forward and two steps back. and Okay, what's the longest that's taken you? Like five and a half, close oh, to Oh, stop. That's still fast. <laughs> it, oh. feels, it feels like forever when you're out there, let me tell you. <laughs> uh, that part I can relate to. Yeah. Wow. Were you ever scared? You know, I've never been scared. I actually, I, I don't know if it's... Any dolphins come play with you on that? All the time. All the time. There was one summer, um, two summers ago, where I'd paddle out to Ship Rock, which is a, a rock about I know a mile Ship Rock. Off, yep, I right? know. And There's Bird Rock and Ship Rock. I know. That's right, yeah. yeah. And I'd, I'd go out there every single morning around the same time, and I'd sit up on my board, and for like a month straight, every single day, this pot of dolphins would come, and I would paddle with them down the coast towards Empire Landing, and... It was just like the most surreal, incredible. They were sort of like waiting for you. Yeah. Where are the wagons? The wagon is too slow. Can't you ride? It's not that he can't ride. How is it you put it home? They're dangerous at both ends and crafty in the middle. Why would I want anything with a mind of its own bobbing about between my legs? Joining me now, someone who's been here for about eight years, probably surprised when he came for the first time because he came out of retirement to do it. He's the uh, the CEO of the uh, of the Santa Catalina Island Company. His name, Randy Harrell. How are you, sir? Thank you, Peter. Good to be here. Uh, not a bad gig you've got. I'm I'm not complaining at all. I mean, imagine running a, an organization where the population of the city doesn't really change. I mean, the, the base population. You probably know everybody. Uh, everybody's, you know, it's impossible not to know your neighbors here. Uh, and and yet you've got great weather, you've got great flora and fauna, you've got great history. And then your biggest challenge, of course, is to conserve it. Right. Make it sustainable. 
protected for the future, but also bring as many people over to enjoy this wonderful experience as possible. In a responsible way. R correct. So what are your challenges to do that? Because you have a water issue here, you have potential pollution issue here, you have natural resources issues here. I mean, it, you can't, you mentioned the word, everybody talks about the word sustainable, right? But then you gotta, right. then you gotta define it. So what are those challenges for you? Challenges for us in the short term is water. We are drilling three test wells. Two of those three test wells have proven to uh, find some good, valuable water for us and the community. I think secondly is just the infrastructure. The infrastructure, you know, just like the inn here, it's, it's older. Everything here is probably 80 years old, and, and which that's is, new. Which, which is part of the charm. It's the charm. So you have to preserve it and protect it. We recently put in a spa. And we, it was an 80-year-old building. Now, is that the spa building. that's run by, by Mr. Wrigley's granddaughter? Yes. Ah. That's the, which is the Santa Catalina Island Company. Right. So we recently did it. We, the building was in such disrepair, we had to, it had 70% of the foundation was gone. We jacked, that, would, that would qualify as disrepair. Yes. Yeah. We, had, we jacked the building up, poured a new foundation, and lowered the original building back down on the foundation. That was just a start to build... <laughs> a great world-class spa. And you, you mentioned the water issue here. You have desalination here. Yes. You also have a reservoir. So that was started many, many years ago. 80 years ago or more. Yeah. And, and so the wells are to augment, kind of create a canvas, a matrix of different water sources for different times of the year. And that's, so that's what we're trying to do is build a great water system that will uh, service the residents, but also the visitors, for many, many years to come. We're talking to Randy Harrell, the CEO of the Santa Catalina Island Company. You know, let's go back. You mentioned 80 years. Let's go back 80 years. Let's take a page from the Wrigley Playbook, because when he bought this island in 1919, what was his vision, and how, how has that changed? You know, it's, it's a great point. We have taken a page out of William Wrigley Jr.'s playbook from the 20s, and he wanted to create a a great destination that was good and, and a great experience for the butcher, the housekeeper, the Hollywood starlet. Everyone could come over and have an incredible time. Or the Hollywood butcher. Or the Hollywood <laughs> butcher, yes. <laughs> and, and so we have uh, created experiences or, or are starting to create experiences just like Mr. Wrigley did back in the 20s and the 30s. You know, we were talking earlier with the, with the senior bartender from the Avalon Grill, uh, Sean McAlpin, who was talking about, you know, he used to work in Chicago uh, for Mike Ditka, and he, and he was a big Cubs fan. And all he kept on hearing when he was back there was, you know, about the Cubs in the old days of spring training here and this mansion and Mr. Wrigley looking down at his team, right? Now, let's be honest, the, the Cubs haven't gone to the World Series in a long time, right? Right. And they haven't been here since 1950, right? Mm -hmm. So is there a way to try to bring back a baseball team here, even a, even a, even a AAA team? Or? We thought about um, re, kind of renovating the field of dreams, as we call it, yeah. where they practiced in the spring. But what's, what has happened is the city has built a Baywatch and fire station that kind of encroaches on the outfield. So when we really started to study, could we do that? Because the Angels have a relationship 
with the Wrigley's right. er, and the early beginning. So it would be great to have a Cubs-Angels <laughs> spring practice game. Wouldn't that be great? Um, but probably not going to happen because the field has been built on, so it, it's not going to be able to hold a, to have a, a uh, professional baseball team. It'd be too small. Too small. How about Little League? Possible. I mean, come on. You can't let the field just sit there. We're not. We're going to look for different ways to use it. In the eight years you've been here, what's been the, the biggest surprise for you? I, I think that it's so many people from Southern California do not know about the experience on Catalina Island. The people who live right next door. 22 miles away, 26 miles away. And all the great things we've been doing in the last eight years, last five years, uh, still a lot of folks aren't aware of all the neat things that they can do coming to Catalina. Such as? They can uh, go ziplining, which uh, is sold out almost year-round. They can go to the Descanso Beach Club and, and rent a cabana and have personalized service all day long. And literally, it's a private beach, one of the few private beaches in Southern California. Uh, so you can stand in the sand and have a drink in your hand and relax. And, of course, people don't understand the history of the casino. Correct. They, I mean, they really don't know. I have, I have to tell you this. I, I talked about it a little bit earlier in the show, but I'll repeat it again. I mean, I understand it because my mom was a Los Angeles native. I was born and raised in New York. But when I was growing up, she would tell me stories about how she came over in the late 30s and 40s to sing. She was a singer. And she sang in the casino with Benny Goodman and with Perry Como and all those bands. And, and there's a picture that my mom has uh, that I still have now of her in the harbor here in Avalon on wooden paddle boards, right? And in that picture is my mom, Perry Como, and Frank Sinatra. Because they all came over. They all came over. It was a place, it was the place to come. And William Wrigley Jr. created a casino that is still world class. But it's not about gambling. They've never gambled there, it's, right? it's, uh, it's It really means a meeting place, right. a place to socialize. And we are looking at that casino now on how to re-energize her and breathe life into her. So she is like what William Wrigley Jr. created back in 1929, opened in May 29, 1929. And so we are looking at a project in the movie theater that, well, let me go back. When William Wrigley Jr. opened the casino theater, it was the most technologically advanced theater in the United States, if not the world. Today, we are working with some, technic uh, some technical companies on making that theater world-class again. And let's not forget the organ. Get over here on a Friday or Saturday night. It doesn't even matter what movie's playing. The locals know better. They go to hear the organ play before the movie. The movie could be the worst movie in the world. It does not matter. You go to the casino to listen to the organ. Come in early, get some popcorn, have a drink, and listen to something that most people will never be able to listen to. Especially in a movie theater these days. It just wouldn't happen. Right. Chicago, exactly. Fargo, Minnesota, Buffalo, Toronto, Winslow, Sarasota, Wichita, Tulsa, Ottawa, Oklahoma, Tampa, Panama, Mattawa, La Paloma, Bangor, Baltimore, Salvador, Amarillo, Tokyo. On second thoughts, let's not go to Camelot. It is a silly place. Right. I've been everywhere, man. Across the desert, spare, man. I breathe the mountain air, man. Travel I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere. 
I've been to Boston, Charleston, Dayton, Louisiana, Washington, Houston, Kingston, Texas, County Monterey, Faraday, Santa Fe, Tallapoosa, Glen Rock, Black Rock, Little Rock, Oskaloosa, Tennessee, Tennessee, Chickapoo, Spirit Lake, Grand Lake. Uh, in the interest of full disclosure, I've said this before on the air, I've, I've come to Catalina for about 40 years. Uh, all right, I'm a geezer. But when I first came here, the definition of uh, sautéed was deep fried. <laughs> and then there was more deep fried. And the food really wasn't very good. Things have changed a little bit, and joining us now, the executive chef for the Santa Catalina Resorts and all the things that they do here is uh, Matthew Alice House. You, you agree with what I said? Yeah, that was a, a great point. We uh, are definitely go, making a movement from the defrat. You know, when you go, <laughs> thank you. But you know, when you go from resort destinations, and you came here from Hawaii, where you're dealing with mass tourism, you're dealing with you know how much mahi mahi can you serve. <laughs> Right? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. when you were in Hawaii, how much mahi-mahi was there on the menu? It was out of, out of control, much, right? Yeah. Out of control, right? Here you're now dealing in a smaller island. Uh, Hawaii, you could source a lot of stuff. In Catalina, everything has to come in by boat. Yeah, absolutely. Right? So what were your challenges? You know, the the barge is, uh, you know, kind of a challenge. And when I say the barge, it's uh, the weather. Yeah. You know, the the weather obviously affects the barge. And, and when we don't get product, that, that makes for a long weekend. Right. But you get to plan a little bit differently here. You yeah. have to. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you can plan as much as you can. But we, you know, are really making that sustainable movement where we are using the freshest quality products uh, available in the seasons. So, yes, you can plan, but when you say that phrase, fresh, that means yeah. <laughs> it better be fresh. But, you know, in the old days here, way before I ever came here, you know, if you ordered fish for dinner, it came off the boats. Yeah. Right? Do you still buy fish from the locals? Yeah, you know, we do. And then we actually, in the summertime, start a, a we call it a, a cook the catch, so to speak. So we go out and we fish our own yellowtail and, and take the guests out. We'll bring them back See, in. See, that's and, cool. That's yeah, totally cool. We keep it fun, you know. It, well, it's more than fun. It's participatory. And, and, and people, you know, I've always said if you, if you can't understand the process, how can you value the product? Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So if you're doing that, people get a much better, genuine, authentic experience. Great day on the water, ended by a you know a great view in in the Avalon Grill at the end of the night. There's no there's nothing better. In okay, Canada. now don't lie to me. Do you always come back with fish? Uh, yes. Stop it. Always. Okay. We know the secrets. What? Yeah, it's called a freezer. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, never. No, never, never. <laughs> you always come back with fish. Yeah, I mean, we don't go out every single day, but you know, we've we've gotten uh, pretty chummy with the locals here. I don't I don't waste time when I when I settle in somewhere, and I want to. You know, it's partly just because I, I want to be a local. You know, uh, but they've they've showed us some secrets, and we we do quite well. Okay, can you share one of them? Absolutely not. Oh, come on. <laughs> Actually, the funniest thing is, is right out your left side window here, you catch a quite a bit of yellowtail during the season. And you're talking five, 600 yards well, offshore. Right on, that's where the, right, summer, that's right where the submarine the goes. Right around the corner. That's where that little submarine yeah, goes. Yeah, just past the submarine. Really? Yeah. That's it? Yeah, that's it. One of them. Well, the close one. <laughs> <laughs> What's the one? I always ask this of all the chefs, so I'm going to ask it of you. What's the one thing you put on your menu? That you said, man, everybody's going to love this, and it tanked. And then what's the one thing you said, okay, I'll put it on the menu, but who's going to order this and everybody wants it? 
Right. So the first one, I think, would be our roasted beet hummus. We did this appetizer in the Avalon Grill. You know, when I think of Catalina, I think of roasted well, beet hummus. Well, it was more a California vision. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> right? And we thought it was great. And the two or three people a night that get it really seem to enjoy it. But everybody else is kind of shrugging their shoulders going, uh, what What's do we this? do with this? Yeah, right. And then is that still on the menu? No, uh, no, okay. no. It had a, a short three-week lifespan, I think. Okay. Uh, and then the other one, we didn't say that it was. You know, we kind of thought it was going to be a positive thing, and it was beyond positive. But we have two different versions of a buffalo burger: one in Avalon Grill and one at Descanso Beach Club, and they are just well. Off people the know that if anybody knows the history of the island and the Zane yeah. Gray movies, the fact that they left the bison here and they multiplied. They just want to be able to experience that, even though the reality is the meat is not coming from those animals. Correct. But it, right. it makes a heck of a story after they buy it. <laughs> Another animal goes missing on Catalina. <laughs> hey, Buffalo Burger. No, no, no. Well, that's why we named it Buffalo Burger instead of Bison Burger. So right. there's absolutely no confusion. No problem at all. All <laughs> right. So those are, those are flying out. Those are flying out. Is there something that you can do now because of sourcing that you couldn't do before? You know, I think you really hit the nail on the head before. I think we've we've really kind of just turned the market on the products in general that we use. You know, we're sourcing a ton of farms from the California coast. Uh, we're working on projects that even though, obviously, we don't have an abundance of water here, but we're, we're working on ways to start growing our own. So, here? Yeah. Like what? Well, there's a, kind of a hydroponic uh, tower that's going on now that we, uh, we're looking to source where you can grow fresh herbs and smaller vegetables out of. So that's kind of one of the ways. And then, you know, sourcing and flying stuff over helps versus always just having to put things on the bar. Sure. You've been listening to Peter Greenberg Worldwide. Catch us each week as we broadcast from a new location somewhere around the world. If you like Ion Travel with Peter Greenberg, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. Survivor's back, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist a new co host, the winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladaris. Hi! Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast.